You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans of the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. My Unsung Hero with Chelsea Grimes on Talk Sport. I'm Chelsea Grimes, singer-songwriter and footballer. And the ball's played through for Chelsea Grimes! And you're listening to My Unsung Hero on Talk Sport. It's a place where we get to talk to not only some of the best footballers in the game, but we get a real in-depth sight at, you know, what it's been like, the journey, what this whole roller coaster and making it to the top has been like for the people closest to them. You know, some weeks the unsung hero will join the sports star, but other weeks they're a little bit camera shy and, um, you know, they don't want to take all the credit. So we just speak to the star. Listen, if I'm completely honest, the inspiration behind this series was because I thought I'd get to speak to a few Liverpool players, which I did. But this week, it's slightly different because I'm speaking to Everton defender Ben Godfrey. Aaron's put it back in the six yard box. Godfrey! It's there! It's there! And Ben Godfrey turning it in! Hi, I'm Ben Godfrey, and my unsung hero is my mum and dad. I really didn't want to like him that much, but, you know, his story, it's nothing but greatness. And for me personally, I took a lot away from this episode. He speaks about his parents being his unsung heroes and especially his dad, Alex, who played rugby league professionally for Hull KR, among many other clubs. And, you know, he gave him the determination to keep pushing when it almost looked like it was over. You know, Ben talks about how many trials he got knocked back from. And for me, like I said, if, if the listener can take anything out from this week... It's just about never giving up. Great determination and pushing through. And look at him now. So this is Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero on TalkSport. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited. No problem. Pleasure to be here. Even though you are a blue. We'll just get that out the way first and foremost. (laughs) Um, You know, we're going to kick things off with the first question we ask everyone. Ben, who is your unsung hero and why? Um, I would have to say my mum and dad. My dad, because of his, his sporting background, and I think he taught me things about professionalism and, and the, the, the hunger side and, and things like that. And But my mum has supported me throughout, although, you know, like a sporting knowledge in, in that great. I think when I was let down from trials and stuff like that as a young kid, she was always there to, to pick up the pieces. So um, I would have to say them too. Love that. You know, let's let's go right back. Tell me about your upbringing. You know, you were born in York. Did you have brothers and sisters? What was childhood like for you? Um, so yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any. I have got a little sister, um, but that's further down the line. She's the age gap's massive. But yeah, I was born in York. My mum and dad are, are young, so 
they, they were 18 when when they had me, which you know is, is crazy when 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 I think about it now. But I lived with with just my mum. My dad was playing playing rugby, and and then as I got older to about six, they um, moved in together and, and stuff like that. And I actually played rugby before football as well, which, which is a, a strange one. But yeah, and then found found football, joined joined my local team, and and never looked back really. So you could have been a rugby player. You just mentioned then your dad, Alex. He was a professional rugby league player. Um, you spoke about his influence on, you know, mental states maybe and stuff like that. But was there a time where you were thinking rugby could have been for you? Yeah, definitely. Like when, when I was a kid, obviously, I used to go watch him play and stuff. So I was just obsessed with it. I wanted to be like him. Um, so I used to play. I like always, my mum would tell you, like, I always had a rugby ball in my hand when I was a kid. They hated me in the house because I used to kick it all over the place and that. But um, yeah, I was rugby mad until I was about maybe six. And I don't know what I think common sense probably came into me a little bit and decided <laughs> to go down the down the football route. But yeah, I was rugby at first. Yeah, you'd rather take a tackle in football than rugby. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, what age was it for you where you thought? Okay, football's for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a proper crack at this, and I want to be a professional. Um, probably around eleven, because there there was a time where we had to choose between our local team and joining an academy in the under 11s, which for me at the time was York City, and so that's when it sort of became a little bit more a little bit more serious and sort of dedicated to to like academy football rather than you know just just that um just sort of Sunday league. That's that's probably the turning point really. In this season, which we're doing, we talk a lot about the parents and all the highs and the lows. But, you know, those rainy afternoons or Sunday, Saturdays and your parents are stood there. You know, half the time, a lot of people don't make it. And it's it's about just giving back there and listening to all the ups and the downs, like you said. You started your career with York City's youth system in there before moving to Middlesbrough in the summer of 2011. After that, travelling to Middlesbrough, you know, that's three or four times a week when you're 13. What was that like for you? Because I, I know 13, teenager, a lot of people then, you know, start, kids start going out. Um, was there a bit of you that was like, oh, I kind of don't want yeah. to lose a footy tonight? There was, I think during, it was all going good and well. And I think I, I, I signed for Middlesbrough. I was lucky really, because I signed with, um, well, my half cousin. So on, on occasions, I, I, we managed to share the, the journeys and stuff with, with, with his dad. But yeah, it, there was a time when I was probably yeah 12, 13, 14, where when I look back, I was probably persuaded to to be messing around, going out with my mates and that, and um, almost putting football to one side a little bit. And that that along with when I got released as well from then, it was I had to sort of pull myself back on track a little bit, really. But yeah, it's 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 tough. It can go either way for you, can't it? How difficult was that? You just mentioned it there. You know, you got you got released from Borough, but. What was that a wake up call for you? And you were like, okay, I can't mess about anymore. Or was you a bit like, I don't really know if I want to do this. Was there ever a moment where you second guessed? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Because Middlesbrough was the first one that I was um, rejected from. I don't think that was as as much as a wake up call as of yet. I think that was more a case of self doubt that one because I didn't I didn't know where to go from there. Um, obviously, as a thirteen year old, it's not you ringing or being contacted by scouts to say come come here, come there. So for me, it was it was it was a shock to the system. And yeah, I'd say more self doubt than anything. And that's where sort of my my dad stepped up as well and and helped organise the trials and things like that else elsewhere. And and my family helped me a little bit. But yeah, I wouldn't say that was the wake up call. It was the ones further down the line for me. 
Can you remember what they said though, that, that first release for you? You know, like you said, it was the first one from Middlesbrough. Can you remember what your mum or your dad said at that point? I just remember the car journey home and I was just, I was in tears. I was just devastated because oh. it's like the end of the world, isn't it? When you're, when you're that age getting released, when in reality, you're actually miles away from, <laughs> from the end of the journey. So yeah, I remember being just, just gutted with it all. Yeah, well, you know, you went on to trial, um, Leeds, Sheffield, Wednesday and Barnsley yeah. and you were told it wasn't going to really work out for you there. Does it cross your mind that breaking into the professional game might not happen at that point? Yeah, I think for it, I think it's natural for any kid really to, to, to be thinking that as well. I think when you get knocked back once, it, it's it's a shock and it's upsetting, but two, three, four times and you sort of, you sort of naturally just think, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not going to go down this path. Maybe it's not for, not for me. Um, which is sad, really, that that kids have to sort of go through that at such a young age. But it's just, it's the industry in it. Um, but yeah, and as I said, I, I was lucky. I had good people around me and, and my family and that. And and um, when I went back to York, and it was after the Leeds trial, to be honest, the Leeds trial. They they said that they had players there that were that were better than than myself and I was no better than what they already had and he, he told me to to go prove them wrong and I think that that was the summit that always sticks to me that was the changing point where probably me and my family were sort of just like yeah you know we will we will go prove you wrong went back yeah. to York and, and kicked on from there were you confident though like I mean a lot of people ask me all the time you know as a songwriter and in sport, like, are, are there any similarities? And I always say the knockbacks, you know, if I write a song and I pitch it, it could go to, I don't know, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, someone else, and they all knock it back. But then, you know, do a leap and might pick it up. And it's just one of them things you've just got to keep going. But I'm confident enough in myself for you. Like, how old were you talking now after that lead trial? How old were you? Um, I'd say 15, 16. So yeah, how, 15, what maybe. were you like as a 15-year-old then? Were you confident? Were you still, or like you said, the knockbacks have come? But... When I look back, I don't think I was anywhere near like, as mentally strong as I am now. I think I was, there was still a lot of like, self-doubt. And yeah, I want, I want filled with confidence. I don't think I was aware that football so, it's so opinionated. Like, 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 like you said about songwriting and, and in music, it's, you know, 99 people can... can not like something and it only takes one and um that changes the the whole picture ben godfrey my unsung hero with chelsea grimes on talk sport i'm chelsea grimes and you're listening to my unsung hero on talk sport and in this series we sit down with some of the best footballers who play the game but also we get an insight to the people who've been there from the very beginning you know people who've kept the head up when it all looked like it could have been over although you know like a sporting knowledge in in that great i think when i was let down from trials and stuff like that as a young kid she was always there to, to pick up the pieces in this episode we speak to everton defender ben godfrey whose unsung hero is his parents you return to york you make your first team debut age 17. You started in the 1-0 home win over Yeovil in August 2015. Can you remember what that felt like, your debut? Yeah, 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 I remember Talk it. Talk to me. Um, I was in the changing room before and the manager sort of said, come with me and I followed him into his office and he just said, oh, look, you, you, you're going to play tonight. So obviously I was sat there, I was buzzing, but I pretended not to be phased by it. I remember just sitting <laughs> there like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
as soon as I got out of that office, I, I ran into the into the changing room toilet, sort of hid and just sort of give my dad a text or mum and just said, listen, I'm playing, like, you know, make sure you come and that. And they came to the game. Um, yeah, I was just, I, don't, I can't remember if I was that nervous or, or just excited, really. Um, yeah, when you look back, it's so young, isn't it, 17? But no, it was a good night, 1-0. And it just from there, things just drastically changed. Yeah, can you can you remember after the game, like what your dad there, you know, the parents, like you said, have been through a lot by this point and picking you up and then to watch you play your debut, what were they like? They must have been so proud. Yeah, they were they were proud, yeah. Um and especially winning as well. I think when to top like a debut off and, and such a good night with, with three points, which means, you know, all the all the rest of the first team boys are buzzing as well. It's just, it, it don't get better than that. You just feel like on top of the world. And yeah, it's, it was, I, I played all right as well. I think <laughs> as, as far as debut goes, I was pretty happy with it. So <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah. Listen, you just said, you know, you felt on top of the world. Well, talk to me, you know, when you got the call from Norwich, you know, you make the move to the Premier League, January 2016. How much can you remember about that deal going through? I remember being it like just so desperate to get it through. I mean, there was there was rumours and and stuff about going to to other places. Um, I was actually I was I was driving into I think it was Tesco car park somewhere <laughs> back home, and I got a phone call off my old agent at the time and just sort of said, "Look, Norwich are interested," and and I was just sort of like just. Cobsmacked. It was a Premier League club, and it was it was massive. And told mum and dad and that. And then, yeah, from then when I sort of knew it was coming, I just wanted to get it get it done. And I think that that's a lot as well for for a seventeen year old to deal with. I think that jump from League Two to Premier League, it's I was just so desperate for it to happen, which taught me a few things as well. But yeah, that was it was surreal. Really, it was scary. Obviously, moving three and a half hours away from home did it do me good probably because. It stops that temptation of of that that eighteen year old lad wanting to just go away, go out with his mates all the time, and um, that probably took me away from that a little bit, which which is good. I was just football orientated for you know at that age, but now they looked after me, which is fair play to them. You know that's top tier. You know you can't get any higher than that. Obviously, your dad played at the highest level too. Did he give you good advice there? Because, like you said, from League Two to there, it, it's a massive, a massive difference. And some people sink, some people swim. Um, what advice did he give you there? I think that that's he's he's good at keeping uh, keeping me level headed. But back then, I think someone you see kids get get that sort of move and they can just completely lose themselves and and go under from there. But he knew it was going to be a case of of learning things were going to be. You know, you don't go to Norwich and start playing playing Premier League football straight away at that age. So he knew there was going to be setbacks, and you had to learn a lot um, and stay, you know, stay professional and and all that stuff that comes with it. And I think you know, you don't get a, enough credit for that. He he just seems to 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 say the right things and to teach me the right stuff and and sort of mould me into into making the the, cor the correct decisions really. But yeah, it's it's mad because he. Although it's it's completely different sport and and different, I mean I'm gonna he won't like this, but at a higher level than him, um, he's he, he just he just knows how, how it all works and yeah he's he's been massive. Yeah, and I get you know you're better than everyone, you know you know yourself better, but I think he come pretty close to knowing you well. Um, yeah. What what attracted you to Norwich apart from that beautiful <laughs> yellow and green kit? <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, like when I mentioned like moving three three and a half hours away and stuff, for me as a young lad and, and my family, they just they were so keen to make sure that I was looked after um, on and off the pitch as well, which helped. So I think that played a, a massive factor in it, alongside obviously them being, you know, prem slash championship club at, at the time. Um, I think what their what they were what their plans were for me on and on and off the pitch probably swung me that way. So you know you you were originally playing in the academy, uh, but did you expect that? I guess, or were you itching to just get into that first team? Yeah, so I was I was training first team um, at first, and then mixed between the two, so playing twenty threes and, and training first team. But then after a while playing under twenty threes, especially coming from that environment of League Two where you are playing men's football and, and league games, it sort of became it became a little bit tough to play under twenty threes really because the the games and what they mean is just so different. There's people playing for for their lives in in League Two and under twenty threes is just it, it, it's nowhere near it in terms of competitiveness and, and stuff like that. So I started to get a little bit hungry to go back into men's football, um, and that's when I started sort of chasing the the loan move. But then I actually featured for Norwich a couple of times, and then the the loan move to to Shrewsbury came a couple of months after that, which was a, a massive turning point as well. It was a big year for me. We're going to get on to that, but you did make your debut in August 2016 in a League Cup match against Coventry. You come off the bench and you scored in a 6-1 win. To Ben Godfrey, will he have a shot? Ben Godfrey, that's absolutely wonderful. There's a way to announce yourself as a Norwich City player. You know, talk to me about that. We're going right into all these moments, Ben. <laughs> it was, I remember that that night I was sat on the on the bench and I said to I was on the bench with another under twenty three player. I said if I come on, I said I, I I'll score. Like we just had we just had a feeling, and um, I, I came on. It must late on in the game. Um, I just remember getting the ball out. I came on at right back. I just remember the ball coming out to me. I think Josh Murphy, Josh Murphy passed it to me, and I just pushed it out of my feet. And the manager told me to to shoot. And I don't know why. Well, I didn't have any second thoughts. Anyway, I was going to shoot anyway, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need telling. Um, and yeah, just that seeing it fly and and I knew it was in. That was you seen. I think I think you, you well. You might have seen the celebrations. I think I did a knee slide, a cartwheel, um, a roly poly, and and a jump in the air. It was just, it was mad. My mum and dad were there as well. They travelled down that night. Oh, so yeah, the picture good one. It was yeah. It's that it, it was it's a good night. That is the best, though. You feel like Mystic Meg when I've come off the bench. I'm like, I'm going to score. And then you score. You're like, I told you so. I told <laughs> yeah. you so. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just mentioned Shrewsbury. Um, you know, you did. You went out on loan during the 17-18 season before returning yeah. to Norwich for the following campaign. How important was that for you personally? You know, that loan spell away. Um, you know, you played pretty much every league game while you were there. Yeah, that's especially at that age, sort of to learn so much. And I, I always say this: like I, I was nineteen, or like yeah, nineteen, getting experience, which boys have to wait until they're twenty-one, twenty, twenty-one to get. So it was, it, it was, it was massive in terms of like my development. But even though I played League Two at York, it was still what only fifteen, sixteen games, some bench appearances and stuff like that. So that was the first time I really played consistent men's men's football, especially that Saturday, Tuesday. You have to learn to look after yourself after that game on a Saturday to be right for the Tuesday. And we were up at the top of the league as well, fighting for promotion. So it was there were big games that I was involved in. 
but no, that was there was some good there was some learning curves, but it was it was a good year. I always think that as well. Like I've never done a loan spell anyway, but is it is it different from when you're actually going to sign for a team and then when you just go out on loan? Do, uh, does it make you feel different? Like you know, you're not staying there, or do you go in with the same mentality? I think some it, it depends what type of person you are. I think some players might be accused of of not, you know, they might say not caring because it's just a lone player and you go back. But I think what what was big for me is when I like just the lads and stuff. Even though I wasn't going to be there, and in effect you could say, well, you could almost say it, it wouldn't affect me because I'd be going back. But I wanted to do well because of my teammates as well. Not only because it, it it's a promotion for myself, but it was a great bunch of lads that I joined and. Um, it almost wouldn't have been fair on me to go there and, and, and have that sort of mindset. So, And it's just not the type of lad I am anyway. When I play, I want to win. and um, So, yeah, I just took that sort of mindset to it and, and I enjoyed it. Well, you know, you've done well. You returned to Norwich, but your appearances in the league were still limited. You know, a few substitute appearances up until December. How difficult was that? Because, you know, you've just done a great season there, Shrews, but you get back. Were you thinking, all right, come on, I've done well, give me a shot, and then you're still yeah. not quite getting in that first team? Talk to me, what what's that like in your in your space? That that's just that's what we like what we were saying earlier. Just sums up football, really, doesn't it? It's you go on loan, you do well, you expect to come back and and play, and then you just have to, you know, I was out of the out of the squad for the first league game of the season, and just sitting on the bench for for months and months. It it was tough, I think. Well, again, that's where my family came into play in terms of just saying, just keep training well every day. And the likes of um, New Era and, 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 you know, the boy, the boys there, they, they've all been through it there as well. So they, they know that if you keep working hard every day, an opportunity will come and you're ready to grab it. Um, so I was lucky that I had people sort of drilling that into me. And I was coming, I was playing in cup games, playing well. And then the league games, I'd be back, back out again. Um, so I was I think it got to the point where in like November time I was I was sort of saying now that you know enough's enough now I'm in January I want to go on loan, but yeah my opportunity came on December the eighth against Bolton, you know I was ready for it and just grabbed it I didn't look back from there. So your dad wasn't at that point showing you the rugby ball saying it could have been. <laughs> oh it did it had to be some serious disaster for me to pick that up again. <laughs> Plenty more to come on Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero, including his big break into first-team football and how his unsung hero, his dad Alex, helped him through the inevitable low points. It's not nice to sit in that change room on your own. And my dad, when things go bad, you know, he don't, he don't get on my case about it. He just sort of keeps it as positive as possible, really, and, you know, just make sure that I bounce back from it, which, which I did. This is Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero, with me, Chelsea Grimes, on TalkSport. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero on Talk Sport. You're listening to My Unsung Hero on Talk Sport with me, Chelsea Grimes where we get to sit down with the players who play the game, but also we get an insight into what life's been like. You know, it's not always glossy and glamorous. Sometimes it looks like it's been all over and who are the people who pick them up and push them on? Now, some weeks the unsung hero joins us and some weeks they play up to the name and they're a little bit camera shy. So we just speak to the star. He just seems to say the right things and to teach me the right stuff and and sort of mould me into into making the, the, cor- the correct decisions, really. This week, we speak to Everton defender Ben Godfrey, whose unsung hero are his parents. And, you know, Ben, he's only 23, but the way he speaks about his career so far, you'd think he was about to retire. You know, he's got his whole career ahead of him, and he has not had it easy. There's been many ups and downs. So this is Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero on TalkSport. What, what about your parents? Do they come, obviously not in COVID times, but do they come to the games all the time now? Are they at pretty much every game for you? Yeah. Um, I've, obviously, because of my, my little sister, because I've got a foster sister as well. So I've got a, a little sister who's who's five and a foster sister who's 13. So sometimes it's obviously a bit a bit carnage for them to be travelling so far in the cars and that over, over the past couple of years. But they get to as many games as they can, which is... And that's fair enough. But my my mates are the mad football fans. Um, they're actually Leeds fans quite a lot, and my mates. So I always love playing against them, uh, <laughs> try and get bragging rights. But yeah, no, my family travelled to quite a lot of the games, which is which is nice. They've seen quite a lot of good memories. And what are they like on the sidelines? I've got a little sister too, and she comes to watch me play sometimes. And she she's a quiet one. My mum, on the other hand, she just shouts for everything, every foul when it's like a throw in. <laughs> but what's your mum and dad like? Is he a shouter? Is your mum the shouter? Like, I'd say my mum's more of a shouter than my dad. My, they don't <laughs> shout at first team games. Like since I've played first team level, they they, they just keep themselves to himself. Um, my it's my nan who shouts a lot. She's <laughs> she's the one that can't keep her mouth shut. Yeah, but mum and dad are, are quiet, but as as cool of a character as as my dad is. My mum seems to think he's a bit of a nervous wreck before games, which obviously I don't get to see. Um, but I, I'm always in his ribs about it and that. But yeah, he seems to be on edge, just hoping things go well. Norwich 2, Reading 1. Oh, this is harsh on Reading. Godfrey unleashed a shot that Lionel Messi would have loved. It was like an arrow into the top corner. After Christmas in 2018, you know, you break into the team and you stay there. So what was that? What happened there? Or do you feel like what you just said there? You just didn't stop working until you got that opportunity. Yeah, I just I just made sure that. Thing is, when when things like weren't going my way, I mean, I, I would have had more regrets if I got my chance. I weren't ready 
and ruined it for myself and never got it again. So when it came, um, you know, I just made sure I was on it, made sure I played well. Um, we we were we won we beat Bolton three two. I think we scored late on as well, which obviously which then meant that I was sort of in the team for the next game, and we got a result against Bristol. And then it just sort of we just kept accumulating wins and and I was involved in it and playing well. And that's when I sort of gained the the manager's trust really. Um, and yeah, it was it's it's a massive turning point. It's just. It's just so so important to grab your chance when it comes. That's that's what I'd say to you, to young players. Um, just be ready for when it comes around, and um, you know they can't have an excuse to take you out from there. Hundred percent. Well, you know you went on, you got promotion, um, winning the championship. Where does that moment rank in your career up to now? Yeah, it's it's definitely up there just because of lifting a trophy. I think how many times as a player do you get a chance to to get your hands on on silverware or or win a title? It's it's not often, is it? So it's it's definitely up there. Uh, obviously, along with with signing for for Everton, um, it's yeah, it's it's the day at Villa Park when we well to be fair, the final whistle against Blackburn swung in by Bennett and the final whistle blows and Premier League football is returning to Norwich City. That's a feeling that I can't I can't describe. Like when you've actually when you've finally done it, the stadium was bouncing as well for the last for you know for the last 10, 15 minutes of that game. It was it's just it's, it's, it's it was mad. Especially when you think about football now with with obviously no fans in. We're so lucky that it happened before all of this to experience, you know, the atmosphere and stuff like that. But yeah, the whole them couple of weeks were just mad, crazy. I feel like you're rubbing it in a bit because I'm a Liverpool fan with no fans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you're a regular when the club returns to the Premier League for the 19-20 season. And after the setbacks we spoke about in in your youth career, how fulfilling was it to prove to those who doubted you wrong um, and be up against the best in the Premier League? Yeah, um, it was, it's massive. At the same time, obviously, you can't, it's... I wouldn't change it for anything. So because without that, without that journey and them saying I weren't good enough, I wouldn't have been where I was. Maybe so. As much as I wanted to prove them wrong, I'm sort of grateful for their. Don't want to say a mistake, but their <laughs> their, their, their their decision yeah. at, that, at that moment. Um, so it's all all part of the process and and the journey. But yeah, walking out obviously. At, um, at Anfield on on that Friday night to make make my Premier de- Premier League debut was was a. A big moment again. Obviously, it's just one one of those nights that you, you never forget. I think there was there was about ten of us that were making our Premier League debut that night as well. We're all stood in the tunnel, thinking, you know, no idea what was going to happen here. <laughs> but now it's yeah, it's surreal. He's done all right. Well, you know, we're going from highs to higher now. You know, you captained the side in the Premier League at the age of twenty-one. What what did that feel like to put an armband on? You know, walk out the tunnel. Yeah, um, that was that's something. It was a big moment again. I know. Yeah, uh, I didn't. To be honest, at the time, I was just you know you you've got to back yourself. You got to back yourself and just feel as though though you're ready and sort of um, it's something that I've always wanted to do and always you know I still have that ambition now that I want to captain a team. Obviously, when you say it, 21 is it is young, but I was just grateful that the manager and the club sort of had that faith in me and that trust that I could. Um, you know, I can hold that sort of that on my shoulders and have that responsibility. Um, but yeah, it was away at Crystal Palace. We ended up we ended up losing the game. To be fair, um, 
but no, that's that was a again another massive moment in my career and one that I'll never forget. That season, yeah, um, you know it wasn't all highs. You you said you lost the Palace there. Um, there were a few setbacks, and you made history actually by becoming the first player <laughs> to be sent off through VAR. We had to bring it up, um, and you know Norwich obviously they got relegated after a break due to the COVID pandemic. What was that like? That's obviously got to be, you know, you've had one of the highest times at Norwich and that's got to potentially be one of the lows. And how did Alex help there? Big Al, what did he say to you there? Uh, you know what? I'd just come back from my knee injury as well. I think I got injured in early December, did my um, ligament in my knee. So I was it was my first game back against Bournemouth. Um, and I just remember, I remember making the tackle and thinking... Yeah, that was a bit not that was a bit naughty that actually, but I just I, I just totally forgot that they can slow it down to to that sort of speed and look at VAR and then when I sort of saw it on VAR, it was just a mistimed tackle and um, it's just one of those things that happens in football. I probably I don't know whether it was down to sort of match sharpness because of obviously coming back from injury and, and and stuff like that, but when he changed his mind and I knew he was going to pull out of the red card, it's just such a it's, a, it's it's lonely in that change room when you get sent off. Obviously, we were one nil up as well, and you just feel like you've let your your teammates down. And obviously, it's just you you. Well, we were playing for to stay in the Premier League, so I had that result gone the other way because of me getting sent off and leaving the boys with ten men. I'd have, you know, it's, it would have been a, a shambles. But luckily, the boys pulled through it. But yeah, it's it's not nice to sit in that change room on your own. And my dad sort of. When things go bad, you know, he don't he don't get on my case about it. Um, he just sort of keeps it as positive as possible, really, and um, you know, just make sure that I bounce back from it, which which I did. Ben Godfrey was given a yellow card for a challenge on Callum Wilson. Uh, the referee took instruction. He went to the pitch side monitor. He made his own decision. He cancelled the yellow. He's given the red card. Yeah, it's not yeah. something that I keep in my trophy cabinet, like. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not? No. Oh, God. <laughs> um, listen, we've been asking all our guests on this show as well. You know, the great thing about being a professional footballer, there's so many, but also, you know, the downsides of it, especially as the fans, you know, they're quite vocal. Um, the abuse that you get, um, how do you, how do your family deal with that as well? You know, like you said, your sisters might go, your nan, your mum, your dad. Do they react to stuff? No. Um... I don't, I don't know if they've ever really encountered many situations like that at football games. If they have, the, the, you know, they, they've not actually mentioned it. Um, but that's something that I, I would remind them of anyway. That that that's football. Um, you know, if someone wants to tell you that, that you're rubbish, like we said, 99 people say that one person says you're good. But it's just, I think that that's something that they've had to sort of grow into along along with myself as coming into football. Um, as a, as a young lad, and to be honest, they deal with it quite well, which is which is fair play to them. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure my mum might have heard a few comments and be dying to 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 open her mouth. Maybe I'm not sure, but it's, it, they, they, they've never mentioned it. But yeah, I think they deal with it rightly. To be honest, I think they'd be alright. Um, what about you, Ben? On a personal level, like, do you? Some players thrive off it, you know. I know a lot of a lot of players tend to like it. The abuse. I know Rio. You spoke about it before. Like he plays better. Some people don't. Um, you know, for you, obviously, what's it like down there? Sixty thousand fans sometimes screaming. No, you know, it, it's it's good. I think as as a football player, if you're gonna go into your shell because someone's saying 
abuse, like you know, abusing you from the side of the pitch and, and shouting stuff at you, then the game's not for you. Um, it does, it does help you. I think it's all part of the the atmosphere, and and there's nothing better when you know someone's screaming at you, and ten minutes later you go and score or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all part of football. I think that's something that we miss at the minute as players, and you just you you feed off it. Um, so yeah, stuff stuff like that is for me is is. It's important. It's a massive part of the game. Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero, with Chelsea Grimes on Talk Sport. Corner from the right-hand side, and Ben Godfrey has headed it back across goal into the back of the net. Hi, I'm Ben Godfrey, and my unsung hero is my mum and dad. So what, what did your dad, you know, give you advice on? Like, what were the key things you think that he installed in you at a younger age to, to you know, go on and do what you've achieved? Um, I think practice was, was something that he taught me was, was so beneficial. Me and him used to, and anyone who lived in my local area would have seen me and my dad at some point playing football basically most nights of the week on, on any local field we could get on. And... It, he was probably the one that made me realise if I consistently practice something, I would get better at it, and that that's something that always sticks with me. And the ups and downs of of sport in general as well. Obviously, he, he got that experience through a different sport, but he drilled into me that things don't always go my way, and when it don't go my way, I'm to to just get on with it. Um, I think mums are a little bit different, and it's never your fault. <laughs> It's always someone else's fault, you know what I mean? But he, uh, yeah, he definitely taught me that some things, you know, you, I, I was to blame for. I had to get better at some things, and it's it's all it's beneficial, definitely. Well, let's get into it. Let's start. Let's go, Everton. You signed for Everton in October 2020. Talk us through that move. You know, I always want to know what goes on there. What was that like for you, Ed, and that you go in there? <laughs> yeah, it was. There was talks of of me going maybe abroad or interest from abroad and, and stuff like that. So in the end, when, you know, when I found out there was interest from, from an English club like, like Everton, I think there was, it was a no brainer, you know, it's such a massive club and yeah, it was su- such a, a proud moment for me and my family over to, to, to sign from. And yeah, I've just, I've enjoyed every, every second of it. So, you know, obviously Everton, it, it is a massive club, um, but it brings out the pressures the passionate fan base, especially expecting results. How do you deal with that pressure as a player? Do you feel like the pressure does rise the higher you're moving up or are you kind of like level-headed and you just go into it? I think that's something that obviously in football, when you step up levels, I think it's it's inevitable. You can't avoid it. Um, I think if it's something that's, as I said, with people shouting abuse at you, if it's something that's going to make you go under, then you're going to struggle. So if you know, for me personally, I'm aiming for the top, and that pressure is only going to get, in a sense, bigger. That you know, the the more successful you become, um, and Everton's got that, you know, it's got that pressure to do well, and you know, the whole club and the fan base is starving for for success. But that only, you know, it, it matches me. Like I I want to do well as well. Um, but you just can't get can't get too high with when things are going well, and you can't get too low when you know then pressures become. You know, right, right in your face and, and on top of you. So it's it's just something that you've you've just got to get on with. It's it's all part of it. 
Well, you did. You made you made your debut. Talking about pressure, pressure cooker. Um, you know, Merseyside derby, two two, draw to Goodison, which it should not have been two two. By the way, I'm just about <laughs> there. But listen, talk about being thrown in at the deep end. What was that like? I know. Yeah, it don't don't get tougher than that, really, does it? There's no bigger occasion to come in, in but um, yeah, that that was good. I mean, obviously, just got it again. That there was no fans in in stadium to. For, in terms of atmosphere and that, but yeah, I just remember Seamus Coleman going going down with with an injury and getting the nod from from the staff to to get stripped off and and come on. You know, it's obviously fullback's not a position that I played I played too much of at that point, but no, nah, it's it was a massive moment. But it's been a thrilling afternoon at Goodison Park where it's finished. Everton two, Liverpool two. Again, obviously, just rang my family after everyone was buzzing for me, and um, yeah, there's no better game to to make your debut in. No, I I love honestly this this is what this show is all about because I see how happy even you're talking about making debut there and for me yeah, it's inspiring yeah. to hear about you know the setbacks that you've had and now you are you're at the highest level professional footballer it's just it's incredible Ben honestly super inspiring um talk to me about Carlo Ancelotti what what's he like to play for um, you know you've played under many different managers now what role does he have. He's a lot of people ask me. Is he's so laid back, like, and he just simplifies stuff. I think if you look at his CV and that, he's he's been there. He's done he's done it all, and he's like, you know, there's there's no one, there's not many better to to work under. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's a he's a he's a top guy and, and and a great manager. And I think you know it's great for me at this point in my career. He's he's only gonna make me better and better. And I'm just trying to soak everything up and and learn. Um, but yeah, he just he simplifies things. I think that's one thing that I've took from it all that he, he he makes things very simple but but effective, and you know when he when he speaks, you know obviously it's just like I said he's been there and done it, so every, everything he says as 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 a purpose, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm loving it, just trying to learn every day. You know, you've delivered remote talks during the pandemic to students and academy players hoping to forge yeah. a career in the professional game. Do you feel like your journey is a good example for young, inspiring, aspirational players to follow? I mean, for me personally, you definitely are that. But why has it been important for you to do that? I wish maybe, you know, when I when I was that age, I had that something clicked for me a little bit earlier than what it did. Um, you know, I was lucky in the sense that it, it did you know, my mindset changed when it did and, and I got the hunger back for it. But I think there's some kids out there that when they face them setbacks and things like going their, their way, they can go the other way and just go under completely. Um, so it's, you know, if I can make a difference by speaking to them and, and helping that little bit and keeping them on track and making sure they stay hungry and try and proving people wrong and have that self-confidence, then, um, you know, why, why not why not try and do that? Yeah, 100%. No, it's amazing, especially with all this time off. Let's talk about international. Um, you know, you've, you've played for England under 20s, under 21. You've captained and scored for the under 21s. You know, that's, that's a massive thing in itself. But for you, you know, what's the ambition? Of course, playing for England senior team. Um, I think it would be strange of me to, to not say that. I think every young English lad who has that ambition to sort of play for play for the the national team. So yeah, I've just got to keep working hard, keep learning, um, you know, keep churning out good performances and give myself, you know, give myself the best possible chance to to get that call up one day, um, which I'll just continue to work hard for. 
I would have loved if I asked you that question, then you said, I've got no ambition. I'm just part of the <laughs> under 23s, to be honest. I, know, I always, yeah, I always think that when, when people ask me, I, you know, what, what, I don't know what answer you. Imagine if I did turn around and just say, no, nah, I've got no ambition at all. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm done. I'm actually thinking about declining. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but, you know, um, England parents, you as a person, surely that's got a rank high up there um you know for things that you've achieved how proud was your mum and dad there when you got to put the free lions on it's it was something that we spoke about for years as well and something that i worked hard for um so when that when that opportunity first came and i got the got told that i was going to be you know that, that 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 was happening it was just a it's a massive moment you know my family and we're just just over the moon for me and it's just one of those little little bonuses that you get for, for working hard to represent, obviously represent your country and captaining them as well. It was another amazing time in my career. Well, Ben, we're coming to the end of the interview, but listen, I'm just, I just don't want any PR answers. I've been saying to all my guests, like I'm a massive fan of you guys and I want everyone listening to really, you know, get something back from the interview and, and be inspired by listening. Um, I'm sure they will be from your story. But when you look back, on your career you know so far we've just delved in a few ups and downs there what are you feeling so far like are you, are you proud of yourself that like you said you you wish that you maybe nudged on a bit earlier with situations but how do you feel overall yeah i think i'm obviously from where I, where i come from i've got to be proud of my journey i think i've got to be i've got to be at the end of the day i set out when i was when i was a kid to, to play premier league football i think i've got to be happy that um, I've been fortunate enough to do that. Um, it's just now, obviously, you got. I'm just staying hungry, and and there's a lot more that I want to achieve. So, be happy, but but not satisfied yet. Love that. What would you say your proudest moment's been so far? It has got to be signing for Everton in the in the sense that just the size of the club. I think the magnitude of it and the move. Um, I think I think just I think signing for Everton so far. I mean, followed followed by winning the the title at Norwich, the championship, and getting promoted. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one, that you know. It's a good question. You They're can so have a different, tie. but yeah, yeah, I you can, can have. have I'll have a tie have between a tie. get getting promoted and signing for Everton. Them two are my uh, uh, two most proudest moments. Well, you can have a tie, but if you asked Alex, your dad, what would he say his proudest moment is? Do you think he would say signing for Everton? That's what I think. <laughs> that's what he'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, last question. Would you be where you are today without the advice, the guidance and the help of your unsung heroes, do you think? Nah, simple answer. No, nowhere near it. I think because of that that period, um, which we spoke about in terms of the, the mentality shift around that age of 13, 14, 15, I think the things I was taught and, you know, staying positive and self-belief, I think that's just something that, Without them, I'd have just gone completely the other the other way, and I'd have just probably maybe maybe put football to one side um, and done other things. But it was, yeah, I think they they just helped keep me on track back then. No, oh, thank you so much, Ben. That's been amazing to talk to you, and um, good luck with the rest of the season. Not not too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, thank you very much. You've been listening to Ben Godfrey, my unsung hero, with me, Chelsea Grimes. And honestly, Ben was such an inspiration. 
Um, listening to, you know, for me personally, I left football when it all got a bit too much for me. I've got back into the game since then, but there were so many times in his story when he could have give up. You know, when he kept getting the nose, the knockbacks, but he pursued and he carried on. And, you know, now look at him, 25 million pound move to a Premier League club and he's smashing it. So I think that England call up is inevitable. And a reminder, if you missed any of the shows, you can listen back on the TalkSport app or you can download My Unsung Hero as a podcast from the app or your podcast provider. Next week, England legend Kelly Smith reveals who her unsung hero is. Whether it was him helping me play football in the back garden, us passing back and forth, I started to play for a boys team. He would always take me everywhere, to games, to training. I mean, stand in the rain, in the cold, in the sleet, in the sun. You've been listening to My Unsung Hero with me, Chelsea Grimes on TalkSport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.